Hello and welcome to the first episode of my open journal, uh, Mike's Open Journal. Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, some of you may have listened to the pilot episode um, that was previously posted. Hopefully that's given you a bit of an introduction. Um, but for those new listeners, um, I'll go over that again. So my name is Mike uh, and this is my open journal where I'm going to talk about um, my own thoughts, feelings and experiences and hopefully interact with a few of you out there as well. The reason for me putting this podcast together is really following on from an online blog that I started a few months ago. I found it a really positive experience and had a chance to talk about my own experiences. The reason I'd started that blog post uh, was because of uh, my own experience with depression and thoughts of self-harm. And having the opportunity to really talk about uh, what I was going through, the struggles that I was having at the time, um, and really having the opportunity just to get those, I guess those thoughts down on paper um, was a hugely beneficial experience. It just made, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it made it easier. Um, it was just a chance to get um, some of those thoughts, those feelings onto paper and out of my head um, and was just really beneficial at the time. Uh, I really enjoy writing. I found it, like I say, very, I guess, therapeutic. Um, it's a good opportunity just to get um, some of those things down um, and help to sort of move past those. Uh, but what I found more recently is that I actually interact better, I think, with some of the um, audio support that's available online. Um, I really enjoy listening to podcasts, uh, whether that's about health or something a bit more interesting and fun. <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoy listening to um, football uh, and wrestling podcasts uh, and occasionally some short comedy uh, podcasts as well. So I think for me it's just an opportunity to try a, a different medium uh, a different media and see how that goes uh, I don't profess to being an expert at uh, any of the things that I'm really talking about I think with regards to mental health it comes from having experienced those or experienced what I have myself um, it doesn't come from being a professional um, have any training or qualifications or anything like that it's just from being someone that has experienced um as i said that, that the the thoughts and feelings um that come with depression uh and thoughts around self-harm as well i think i've engaged with some really useful and beneficial uh material resources and support myself and i think having the opportunity to talk about some of those and hopefully if I'm able to point um, one person towards the material that makes a difference to them um, then that's amazing uh, and that's great news so I guess that's kind of um, a little bit of info as to as to what I'm doing and maybe why I'm doing it as well uh, so just to see really how it goes uh, my own experience I think with depression, um, just to crack straight into my own story, <laughs> um, my own experience I think probably started uh, around 
two years ago. Uh, I'd come back from a year in Australia uh, and had an amazing experience. Uh, and as soon as I landed back in the UK, um, I have to say I was left kind of um, disappointed to be back. Um, really would have liked to have stayed longer. Um, and just, yeah, it was just really down about being back. Uh, enjoyed the first, I guess, week or two weeks going around and seeing family and friends. And then, well, that was done really. Like, yeah, great to see you and kind of want to go back now. Uh, so it was nice to see people, um, but it didn't really um, play down the fact that I still had a real kind of longing to be somewhere else, I guess. Uh, having initially returned, I really struggled to find work in the field that I wanted to be in. Um, so that, I think, probably led to sort of more of a feeling of sort of low self-worth, um, struggling with... I guess, like, on one hand, being very set, like, these these are the kinds of jobs that I want, this is the kind of industry I want to be in. Um, but then also realising that um, I wasn't being successful in some of those applications or there wasn't the right job um, to apply for, um, at some stage just becomes a very negative experience. Uh after a short amount of time, though, I was actually able to um, find employment in my chosen field, which was great. Um, so I think my mood, uh, my general feeling, health, wellness, I guess, um, improved. Um, there was quite a lot of driving with that job, but it wasn't a huge issue. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was gradually making friends there, um, so everything was going well. Um, however, after a short amount of time within that new job, uh, my wife left me, um, and at the time, like, it was a big surprise to me, um, and was something I really struggled with, uh, I mean, I carried on as much as I could, I think I tried for, tried to just have, I guess, one of those, in brackets, normal lives, normal days, um, so after having a conversation one night where it was made quite clear that she was leaving, um, I just went back into work the next day and eventually sort of broke down and was sent home, um, but went back into work the next day. So really didn't have any time off to process what was the end of an eight-year relationship. Um, and I think that struggle to sort of maintain uh, not just a professional uh, appearance and life, but also just like a regular personal one as well, I think meant that I hid what I was going through from other people um, and in doing so I probably hid it from myself as well. And it's still like, it's still quite hard to talk about because it's such a massive shift in your life and when it's somebody that um, you've been in a relationship for a long time, someone that you've been so close to, um, I believe that she's made the right decision for her and that's great and that's fine. Um, but it still leaves that effect on you, that the person that you trusted the most, that was closest to you, um, can just cut you out um, 
great if that's the best thing for them, but if it's not the best thing for you, um, or it's not something that you're expecting, then that's really difficult to deal with. And I think that's one thing that's probably followed through with regards to being able to sort of trust and connect with people. Um, it does make it more difficult, and you don't always realise it at the time. It's sort of when you look back and reflect on um, conversations or relationships with people since then, you try not to overinvest. And I guess that is because of a fear of maybe rejection at a later stage. Um, so following on from that, uh, I became really close with a couple of people that I was working with in this new role. Um, but having gone from being a two-person income household, um, I really needed to make a few adjustments, which I managed to make, but um, I found an opportunity where um, I could actually increase my salary quite a lot, so I took a short-term position uh, with a greater salary, um, which was an amazing experience, and um, although I was really sad to leave the job I had, um, having had uh, two great jobs definitely boosted uh, my confidence with my professional work. It gave me something to focus on um, because both times I was obviously new in two positions. Uh, so that was really great in terms of having something to sort of work on and think about um, and was a really good experience. However, it did lead to um, the fact that that new job was a short-term contract and so I knew it wasn't going to be or I had an idea that it could not be permanent um, or not be long-standing, um, which it turned out to be. Um, so you do get into a situation where you're you're moving quite constantly, which maybe on one hand is quite good, but then when I look back at um, some of those relationships where you think, oh, you're not sort of investing a lot of time, you're trying not to be too um, committed with people, that I think that also has reflected in some of the professional work I've had, um, whether it's been through um, kind of coincidence or situation, I think there is that level of appeal to something that is short-term um, because I can see that um, it gives me a chance to, to try something new and see what it's like there, uh, which is something, again, I think is a positive experience at the moment um, because it gives me that opportunity to experience different places, different working environments and slightly different job roles as well. Um, but at some stage you need to find something where you can sort of settle down, progress, um, and be happy somewhere so that the, I guess so you can just make friends at work. Um, like I would say I've got, um, colleagues and acquaintances, but I don't know that I'm really making friends. Um, and I think that's because you don't have that sort of buy-in to the place that you're at always. Um, and you don't always have sort of the engagement that's going on unless you're, I don't know, in a really tight team or you live locally maybe. Um, maybe that's a slightly different situation, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I've got a bit distracted there. Um, so yeah, professionally there was obviously a lot of ups and downs. Um, and after, um, after the summer with that new short-term contract, um, things started to change a little bit. Um, I had a gap um, between employers. Um, again, not a huge gap, um, but there was a slight gap. Um, and I think just generally, um, maybe a few things sort of happened. 
Um, the summer had been really great, but then after that, my mood just, I guess it must have shifted. And around uh, October time, I became very depressed. Um, my mood was really low. Um, I struggled with motivation. Um, I just had a lot of feelings of low self-worth. Um, I started to have a lot of depressive thoughts, thoughts of self-harm uh, and suicidal thoughts as well. I think that's a really hard thing just to say out loud. Um, I think that's why I found writing a uh, a blog up until now easier because it feels a bit more sort of personal and private. Sort of, I'm just writing it down for me. Um, and then, kind of, the nervous thing is when you go to post it online if you choose to do that, um, which I have done with a few of my posts. Um, but in the moment, just writing it down still feels quite, it feels raw, but it still feels personal and private. Um, it doesn't feel like you're putting it out there. And it has been a great way to actually tell um, people and friends about what's really going on and how I'm really feeling. Because I get a chance to sort of tell them without really telling them. Um and I've had some great messages uh, and conversations with friends that have read what I've posted online. Um, and I think it has really, I guess, opened up that conversation um, and sort of it brings it up. So if we go out to meet up, I don't have to feel awkward and like, oh, should I tell them this or should I tell them that? Um like they've let me know beforehand that they've read something or that they know. And then we can just talk openly and honestly about stuff. Um, because that first bit is the most difficult, I think, or it's what I find. It's kind of introducing the subject. Um, and I think it's one of those things as well where, like, I guess the natural time to sort of, you're looking for a natural opportunity to bring it up. Um, and really that is when people ask, um, how are you doing or how are things but how often do people use that as like a greet as like a greeting like a hello um, and sometimes it's not really like part of a conversation it's just in passing um, if it's part of a conversation it could be like the first thing they say and is the first thing you say really gonna be oh like I've been really depressed um like I sit at home crying and thinking about cutting myself. I don't think that's going to be the way that you um, start up a conversation. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's it's just getting used to it and and finding out what works for you. And I think for me that was um, writing about it, and that definitely helped. Um, but I didn't find that I didn't find that straight away. Um, and I found that really um, around that sort of October time that I was only really, or I had only really spoken to um, one person um, about my separation previously. And I felt like I'd got past that. Like I felt like um, that wasn't an issue anymore. I felt like the coming back from Australia and initially not finding work, I felt like I'd got past that. So whether those things lay dormant and unresolved and now would crept up on me, um, that's possible. Um, or maybe it's just for no particular reason, it's just an imbalance in my head. It could be that. Um, 
And I guess I probably hope for that more because I do feel like those other things were kind of resolved for me. Um, and the thought that they could still be affecting me after that is obviously quite a negative thought. Um, that might sound strange to say I'd rather have it be an unknown than a known. Um, but yeah, like I say, I just I feel like I've moved past those things. Um, and uh, that I'm a different person now. Uh, so I think that the issues or problems that I may have now are, are my issues and my problems and um and not part of that that previous life that I feel like I've sort of progressed or moved away from well I said progressed that sounds really cool now <laughs> um progressed is definitely a positive word and not one I thought I'd say in relation to that um so leading through that time um I had thoughts of self-harm and suicidal thoughts but hadn't acted on anything um and then I think around late November time um was the first and only time um that I've put a knife to my wrist um I didn't cut um but the intention was there and it suddenly became very real um all the thoughts and feelings that I'd previously had were now taking action. And that was horrifically scary. Um, in that moment, um, I don't, I can't really remember sort of what was going through my head or what was happening. Um, I just remember being very emotional and very confused. Um, and having the knife on my wrist and then uh one of my cats walked past and it just shifted my thinking um not sure why um maybe it's a carer instinct i'm not sure but it just shifted me um and I put the knife away um i went upstairs and i cradled my wrist and cried and fell asleep um and it was quite soon after that uh, I booked my first GP appointment for, I think, about 16 years. <laughs> um, and I think for me that was a really big step in sort of giving recognition to to what I was going through. Um, and it was great to sort of do a few sort of searches online and, and get some information and material and support. But actually making that GP appointment made it more real for me. Um, it gave me, um, it proved to me like I had recognition for myself that I recognized what was going on. Um, and also that I had the confidence to come forward and say, actually, I'm not okay. Um, there's an issue. I, I, I don't know how to deal with it and I need help. Um, and that was a huge step. Um, through that, um, I was advised onto iTalk support um, and to uh, be prescribed Satilopram. Um, initially, I was really um, against having any antidepressants or, or medication. Um, I just really didn't like the idea of being dependent on something. Um, 
I'm not really a big drug taker. Like um, paracetamol is pretty much the strongest stuff I have, and I don't take that very often. So that usually knocks me out for the night when I take that. Um, so the idea of kind of being dependent on something, um, especially a mood enhancer, um, just didn't really sit right with me. Um, but I took the medication and I, I felt, well, I picked up the prescription um, and put it in the cupboard and I felt like just knowing it was there was enough for me. Um, and I thought, oh, if I get worse, I can always start taking it then. Even though I knew it would take a couple of weeks to take effect, I thought, oh, maybe I've been to I've been to the GPs now. I've, I felt a lot better a couple of days afterwards because I kind of felt quite positive about the fact that I'd, I'd gone to the doctors and I'd taken action. Um, so I didn't take the medication straight away, um, and I'd gone on to check for iTalk um, and had set up an assessment for. I think the assessment was a. It was a little bit of a wait, um, so it might have been, I think because I was getting in contact just before Christmas, so I think my wait was probably something like six weeks for an assessment. Um, so I booked that in, and again, something that I'd felt positive about at the time. Then uh, Christmas was coming up, and I knew it was going to be a very difficult period, um, and I'd spoken to a couple of friends about um the medication and uh, some friends that have previously taken Satilopram or something similar had mentioned that the first couple of days it can really knock you. Um, so I decided to try and sort of pull it off until a weekend. Um, and then it was the last couple of weeks at work until Christmas. So I thought, oh, maybe if I can make it to that last week and I haven't made it to that last week, I thought, oh, maybe if I wait until um, we uh, sort of finish for the holidays um, and then made it that far. Um, and then kind of thought, well, you, don't, you know what, like I've, I've made it a couple of weeks now. Um, I still don't feel great, but, uh, I feel like I can carry on. Um, Christmas was definitely a really low time for me. Um, but my thoughts were very negative and very dark at that time. Um, and looking back, that was a time when I really should have started to take the Satilopram, um, but I didn't. Um... Christmas day was, well, Christmas morning was really nice. I went down to Bournemouth Beach, um, had a lovely morning, and then um, the afternoon was really difficult um, because it was very family orientated, um, which I found just ridiculously difficult. Um, that was followed by uh, just a couple of really difficult days. Um, and then at New Year, I had a particularly bad episode um just uh craziness um which because of that um and i may talk about that another time i've spoken about it in my blogs um but i don't think i'll go into it uh in this podcast um that was a time that i decided um hang on everything is not okay you are not okay um you need to start taking the satilopram um, so I started taking the Satilopram from, I think it's the 2nd or the 3rd, I think it's the 2nd of January, um, and I was on a dosage of 20 milligrams. I found that that really helped with um, lowering the intensity of my negative thoughts, um, but it didn't help with the frequency 
Um, I didn't really have any major side effects the first week. Um, I felt physically sick every morning, um, but I wasn't actually sick. Um, I was quite lethargic, um, but also felt really tired. Um, but nothing too bad. Um, after about, I think, 10 or 12 weeks, uh, my dosage was increased to 40 milligrams. Um, that's definitely helped reduce the frequency of my negative thoughts. Um, I think the high dosage has also increased the fact that satilopram does make it quite difficult for me to concentrate on certain things. Um, so when I'm at work, I do need to take sort of regular short breaks, um, even if it's just sort of a couple of minutes. Um, I just can't concentrate for long periods of time on one thing, um, which has definitely affected, I think, some of the work I do um, with regards to sort of having to sort of remanage my own time. Um, I've also found that I need to um, organise my own time a lot more and have things kind of booked in and planned. And if I don't have that, I just won't do anything. Like I'm not happy about it, but I'll quite happily um, just come home and uh, sit down for sort of 15 minutes, do dinner, eat that um, and go to bed. Um, but if I've got something planned in, I'll, I'll do it. Not every time, um, just because sometimes I do get, um, sort of those negative thoughts and I have to sort of pull out of certain things but um, most of the time if it's planned in and I've got that commitment to do it I'll sort of push myself to go um, so I think I, I don't know that's maybe sort of increased something that I might have done to some extent previously um, although I think before I would have been a lot more up for kind of doing things last minute um, which I just feel like now, okay, I might do them, but I feel like that's less likely to happen. Um, so all in all, I think having taken the Satilopram that I didn't want to take in the first place um, has been beneficial for me. Um, it has helped. Um, I think, as I said, that the, the blogging has helped, just sort of writing things down. Um has been very beneficial, but I also find that I sometimes sort of put that off a little bit, um, and I'm hoping that by trying something else, um, trying a different medium, um, that it opens up another way for me to talk about my own experiences and hopefully makes it easier for me to deal with that. And again, maybe um, help somebody else as well. Um, I also think this is a great way to um, interact with other people um, and have a chance to talk about their own experiences as well. Um, I've met some great people online who have started up blogs, um, YouTube channels um, and their own podcasts as well. So I think it's a great opportunity just to connect with other people. Um, Technology-wise, uh, I think I'm going to have to learn a lot more about this podcasting um, before I'm able to connect with anyone else in that way. Uh, it's taken me a little while to work out how to 
actually get all this stuff together. Um, I love technology, but I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. So it's very much a, a Google, YouTube um, teaching session that goes on here. Um, so I guess that's a little bit about um, my story. Um, it's not an inclusive story. <laughs> um, there's definitely stuff I've sort of missed out or skimmed over. Um, but it gives you a rough overview. And I think in the first episode, um, just to give you a little bit of an idea about um, who I am, um, um, some of the stuff I've been through, um, gives you a bit of a setting for some of the stuff that I could be talking about in the future. As I said, it's not all going to be mental health uh, and for me, depression, um, but will involve um, some other topics um, of things that are going on or that there's particular interest in. Um, through uh, some of the previous work um, I've done, I've worked a lot within um, colleges and universities, um, so I'm aware of things like um, LGBT societies um, and the work that goes on within them and how that can fit into um, mental health as well um, I think that'd be a really interesting conversation to to be able to have uh, and myself obviously just to know a little bit more about some of the other things um, that are affecting different people um, and have a greater understanding of the experiences um, and the lives of some of the people that I've spoken to um, what affects them and what their story is and be able to connect in I guess a better way than um, short Twitter messages <laughs> um, or YouTube comments and things like that. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of it for the first episode. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, hopefully get to post again soon. Uh, look forward to any comments or feedback that you guys might have um, and hopefully connecting with you in some way in the future. If you want to contact me, um best place to do that will be on twitter where i am uh, mike underscore douglas underscore um so hit me up there and uh leave me a comment otherwise i look forward to seeing you hearing you talking to you uh and being there to support you remember you're not alone out there we're all fighting the battle together thanks very much for listening to my open journal episode one Talk to you soon.